It feels like the first time. It feels like the very first time. It feels like the first time. It feels like the very first time. Hey guys, welcome to the first time show. We're back. And it's just the three of us this time. It feels um, like it's later than we've ever done this. I'm going to throw Chris McCaleb under the bus because when we when we originally <laughs> set up this show, Chris McCaleb wanted in, and, uh, and I've invited him to be a guest on every episode since episode two, and all I get are excuses. Wow. Come on, Chris. I got up at 5 a.m., got on a plane, flew across the country, and still watched this episode and got here to record this podcast. Yeah. I mean, look. Now, I, let's talk about Alana's hair. Let's talk about <laughs> Alana's hair really quick. <laughs> Alana, what do you want to say? Can we get a new segment, Alana's hair? Alana's uh, hair, yeah. <laughs> I want to say, came Everyone out shut orange. up. It's Alana's, Alana's hair. hair. Oranger than I expected, but I love it, so I'm leaving it. <laughs> I think it's I think it's per I think you should carry it through October. I know it feels very fall, so you, I'm in. Well, you either gotta yeah. love it or hate it. Guys, welcome to the show. We're talking about Lovecraft Country, episode five? Six? Six. Episode six. Holy shit. It's called Ding 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 Goes the Trolley. <laughs> ding 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 goes the trolley. It's called Meet Me in Daegu or Daegu. I don't know how to pronounce that. But um I don't have it in front of me. It was directed by Helen Shaver. And this was the best directed episode. I know it's like it's a little easier to be the best directed because it's so stylized, but right. this felt like a Takashi Miike movie. Yeah, I loved the design. I loved the sets. I loved the costumes. Alana's gonna gush about the costumes, yeah, because, baby. which is totally expected. Because what a what a feast of the eyes the costumes were in this episode, and um, it was uh, just a beautiful a beautiful looking episode. But like you know, it's not it's not it's not like blowing my mind. Wow, I feel like we've traded roles. I this, love this it. Season. No, no, I love it. I'm a I'm enjoying it, but nothing is like nothing is making me feel how every single episode of Watchmen made me feel. Oh. Or how every single episode of Leftovers made me feel, even if it wasn't very good. Well, I think Watchmen is This a is better. a different show. I know, but I talk I know what I'm talking <laughs> about you know three that, different HBO shows with three very different challenging characters. Human I get I know, I know, but I'm stories. Like, totally. I feel like they're doing something different. They're telling a story. I know, I guess I'm just but I guess what I'm saying what I mean by not being blown away is is that Watchmen blew me away in almost every way. Visually it, it with the visuals, with the acting, with the writing, with the with everything, like yeah, every agreed. element blew me away. And this show is killing it in so many ways, but none of those killing it's are blowing me away. Costumes, um, the costumes are blowing me away, but outside of that, okay, like the the casting and the oh, cast the casting too, yeah. and the acting. And very good. the visuals and the 
the um the uh historical yeah the stuff, historical like important Easter egg stuff is blown well, away chef's kiss yeah story is like did we need this episode i kind of think it's the telling of the story Man, that's oh, i don't know what like um when this is all over meaning life and i'm <laughs> able to look back on i don't i, I feel like there's this like dichotomy of this show where we all have to play a role <laughs> because going into this episode I was like oh well this is an episode I'm gonna hate because it's not pushing this story forward I, opposite for me I was like I'm gonna and love I was this like, episode me too I was I'm gonna love it at the end I was like this show is inc-, I was like this show is blowing me away because it just did that like that episode to me, the fact that that came in the the sequence of last episode and then the preview for the next episode looked insane. The fact that they stopped and made like a, a borderline drama. Um, that's why I said Takashi and Mike because it's it's so much a drama, and then they just kind of like the horror elements are secondary. Yeah, and I was like, it was more like a fairy tale away. than a horror. Yeah, tale. what's Takashi? Who's Takashi? I was blown away with this episode because I also feel like it sits within the the stair stepping of this show, where now it's like, okay, now there's like a um, a shaman, and there's like magic. Yeah, there I was, mean, I guess there's always magic, but it's like yeah. there's these other elements and other mm-hmm. like um, cultures playing into. Yeah, it. And now for it's sure. like I feel like now we're on the fucking road to chaos. I mean, I loved all of that stuff. Like, I, I really loved the the lore and the fairy tale aspect and the the story of the nine tailed fox or whatever. And the and the I loved mm-hmm. the, that little like I loved that, but like nothing was like nothing, nothing. I it I wasn't like the only thing in it that was something I had never seen before was the like CG tail tails. Also thing. the CG looked great in this episode. The CG looked great. Um, the creature design or whatever was the, was maybe the most surprising aspect of the episode and everything else was just kind of like, yeah, I've seen it. I've seen the guy fall in love in the medical thing. And I've, and no, this one was two sweet. people come I from different, and the two people coming from different worlds and, and like learning to love each other amidst like in the midst of a war. And like, I, it's just that storyline is just kind of like done for me. Like I liked, I liked how cute it was with the movie thing and how, and mm. I loved how, she knew about the Count of Monte Cristo movie and he knew about the Count of Monte Cristo book and they were like comparing their nerdy notes about it. That part was really cute. And then when he surprised her with like a movie, that was like, great, love it. Perfect little love story. I I love it. But like nothing else was like like really great to me. After after watching- All those things you just said were great. Yeah, yeah, I (laughs) agree. Steve and I and talked. And then the episode was over. Right. Yeah. Steve and I talked after watching it and we okay. said, <laughs> we were saying that like everything on paper, like technically everything that happened in the episode was incredible. Every element we loved, everything yeah. we loved. So then why did we leave the episode feeling like, just like, oh, okay, that was fun. Instead of feeling like, oh my God, because everything was so good in it. But why didn't I feel more? And I feel, personally, I feel like that kind of goes back to the previous episodes where... Um, 
there there wasn't a lot of space for us to like feel through the experience it was kind of like here's the setup solved here's the setup solved so i don't know if maybe it's similar to that to be fair i didn't hate the episode by any means but i i just there were so many elements about it that i loved that i was confused why i didn't love it as a whole more at the end i guess I it's just it, funny to me because i was like i finished <laughs> the episode and i was like this is great because we're all gonna love it <laughs> I'm not gonna be the outsider well, being know, like, "Ugh, I, I don't like it." I, I'm I'm remembering how it ended and how unsatisfying that ending. Maybe was. it was related to the ending. And how I don't know. and and which really, we haven't got much from this show. The thing is, is like a story like that needs to needs to end with like a bang, some kind of like propelling you in making you excited about that storyline and that character potentially joining up with Letty and Tick in um where are they in Texas or wherever they are I forgot uh, where they are Chicago Chicago um like meeting up with them eventually like the idea of them meeting up and joining together and having her fight along with them or something it like should be exciting and cool but it's like I don't even really know like I don't even really know if that storyline is, is like worth coming back to. Like, Whoa. I liked that because Tick and Letty are like the love interests to me. Yeah, and they and I want to see them okay. so badly get together, and then all of a sudden they're like, "No, never mind." Here's someone that Tick absolutely fell in love with. Like, maybe they could have gotten married if things were different. And suddenly, because she was like a weird creature thing, which he's now inundated with, he's like run away from her. And now we're going to get this fucking love triangle thing, maybe. I don't know. I I just don't want that to be what happens. I want something more exceptional than that. And it would have been more satisfying if there there was some sort of connection between her I agree, I agree. and the lore of Atticus's story. Yeah. And yeah, instead yeah. it's like here's a here's a Korean fairy tale in the middle of a Lovecraftian ghost monster story. Well, a show. Korean horror tale sure, to be fair, but, but okay. But, and it's cool. Like if if that's what if we end up looking Fox at tale. if we end up looking at the whole series once it's done and it's like peppered with all these different types of horror genres and and tropes and things then i will probably love this episode more but in the scheme of the story that i'm interested in i don't need another character and another character's journey and another like through line on top of the one that's already like just wavering on being very good but but close to being like too much and I just don't want to be in it. I don't want to be overloaded with all of these stories that like won't have a satisfying conclusion or won't. I just want to focus on this tick letty, you know, storyline. I don't need like more stuff. I don't need more characters with Do more. We know is this is this a one and done one season? I don't know. And done? I don't know. I don't know. If, if no, we haven't yeah. heard it, then they're hoping for more. Yeah, is my assumption. I mean, if it was like they Lovecraft Country renewed us. for season two, we'd know about it. I think. Yeah. Really? Oh, I was saying the I'm opposite. Google. Well, because we like I I follow all the film Twitter nerd Twitter people, and I swear mm -hmm. that would be all over my timeline. Yeah. 
Someone would have texted me. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, I think if there was mm. more connection between that episode and the rest of the story, because if I was just looking at it as its own thing, I think I would like it more than yeah. looking at it as an episode in the middle of the show, just just as as related and to the rest of the show. And that's why I'm saying if we, if the show ends up being more like that, like if we get another episode, because it looks like we're straight up getting like a time travel thing in the next episode. I can't wait for the next episode. Um, I know. Spoiler alert for people that don't watch the preview, but we've gotten enough emails from people it that say that they way. do. So, But um, if, if it turns out that like every episode is some kind of different Lovecraftian genre or so like far, horror that seems true. pop culture genre, which so far seems to be true, then it'll make that episode maybe work out a little better for me. Even And even more so if like... Like, I got to be honest, man. I don't really care if that girl gets rid of the demon thing. That's the thing, because you're still more concerned about Tick and his yeah. shit. That you're like, well, how does this fit into my caring about that? Because I'm only going to root for one main yeah. outcome. Like, start the whole show with, like, their, like, meeting in Korea and then get into, like, all the Lovecraft stuff. And then maybe I'm like, she's a part of this story. But to me, it just seems like... I mean, I also kind of at the end, having it end on the note of she went to that uh, witch doctor or shaman shaman woman because she was concerned about it seemed like because she was concerned about what's going to happen to to Atticus. Like she's like asking her, is he Mm going to die for real? Because that is her motivation. Seemingly, I don't it just it confuses it further to me because it it could have just still just been her story and it would be more about like, well, how do I continue existing and living with my mom and with myself and what's going on? Well, my question was, if she gets the demon out, will she not be in love with Tick anymore? Yeah, Is those are great questions. Because she might be the daughter. She might just turn into that woman's daughter. daughter. <laughs> yeah. These are all great questions. What about, how about... um? What a great meet cute though. Great. Oh my god. Their love story. The but that's the thing. It's their like... whole love story kills me. <laughs> and it's it's really hard because that I already really like Letty so much. She's my that, favorite. Yeah, so how yeah. am I like I'm I'm conflicted with how much I love their love story. But not only that, it's like that's like that was a movie. But they're both great. They're all great. That was a movie I'd watch and enjoy. Yeah. And and that'd be like, a great feature. Or like, you know, that would be, yeah, it would be a great movie I'd watch and enjoy and probably really love. The guy that falls in love with the girl who's cursed with a demon inside of her. She's a kumiho. She's a kumiho. Um, but like, I just don't think it. It's like it fits. It's a movie that fits into this movie we're already in. That's where I'm at. But that's what I think is great about this show is I don't know what fits. Yeah, we, that, that's yes. the thing. It's unclear, and I'm I'm I would be curious to see, and would certainly revisit. But I just don't think my... I've ever watched a show where I'm I'm six episodes in, and I'm still trying to figure out what to expect from the show week to week. <laughs> yeah, and I think and that I think in itself to me Brett is likes it's that, interesting, and you and I don't like yeah. that. <laughs> I mean, I'm fine with it. It's just that I've seen enough shows like that. Who's got that. control issues here? <laughs> I've seen enough shows like that. I just want a really good story, and I want to learn really cool mm. shit. You know, this like, would have been a cool movie just as is with yeah. ten more minutes, where she had to go like 
save kill him. one more dude so that yeah. she could be human and love him but when she kills the other dude she like doesn't remember him yeah done perfect incredible yeah but that doesn't solve Good her movie. being worried he's gonna die because she saw his death this is this isn't this isn't part of lovecraft Country. yeah this, this is, is a separate movie, movie oh oh making. oh i see this is a different this is a separate movie. project yeah, yeah, yeah um also starring jamie chung because i love her <laughs> right because she's incredible she did in a it. great job anyway but otherwise um it just seems like i think we're gonna get kind of like a looseness as opposed to a tightness in a in an in in these it episodes. just feels like the lindelof playbook it's like you gotta have one that's a flashback that's totally separate right. that's mm. kind of chaotic that is a little disruptive which is cool but i just don't think it's it's just weird to me that like we were brought into this world of magic and demons and monsters and ghosts and shit. And, but like our main character already had an experience like that. And he's, I just don't know if it works that like he wasn't ready for it when he, when he saw it again, you know, like when, when we're seeing, when he's seeing it for our first time, when Seen we're what? like monster, like monsters or like Lovecraftian creatures in the first episode, it doesn't feel to me like this is the second time he's seeing some crazy shit. Mm. And it, and in, and I just feel like the that's part of that looseness I feel from each episode is like there mm. there's some loose threads that aren't that don't feel tight and secure and and locked in to me. It seems like writer's room arguments or things they're overlooking or things that they have figured aren't important. Like in the last episode, we didn't see how, um, how, uh, what's her name? What's Letty's sister's name? Uh, with an R, Ruby. Ruby. How Ruby. we didn't see Ruby get from the department store back home covered in blood and shit. The like I think, threads. I think they decide what to show us and what they think is important for us to see. And it doesn't always align with like how I think a story like this should be would make it tighter. And I just think that like that's all I want from this show is like a little bit more tightness in things like that. And I I've yet to see it kind of it's consistently loose to me. Mm -hmm. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. I think overall, I just was prepared to not like this episode and turned out to really like it. Well, I'm, I'm happy for you. And now I'm ready for that next episode. (laughs) It looks crazy. Dude, I'm always down for a time travel thing. Before we go past it, can we talk about some things this episode did do really well? Of course. Interestingly, though. Please. I'd love it. Because I want to point out. A little too late for that. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me. You can't roll. You can't. (laughs) Make a turn. I'm down pretty. here with Chris McCaleb, you know, just taking <laughs> shots in the dirt. It's Chris McCaleb's fault I didn't like this episode as much as you did. Well, I cheated again and I listened to the official podcast just to get a bit of insight, especially on when this episode. When do you listen to it? It's, you listen to it between watching it. Yeah, the and second this? the second yeah. we finished the, the episode, I put my headset in and I well because I, I yeah I want to wow. be with a show like this. I feel you like I want to be able to bring some I, educated I, thoughts to it. <laughs> Thank you. You know, because there, there's always so much tricky, interesting, important Listen, shit that your like I miss. Are appreciated, respected, adored. Thank you. You're saving people like a whole podcast. Don't hold to me to exactly. them all the way. Well, no, that's you know, okay. There we might just, be a day where I can't. We just respect your opinions. Well, thank you. Because they're yours. 
Well, they pointed out some good stuff in there that I'm like, you know what? That's true. We should acknowledge that, um, for example, that they told this story. First of all, they made the parallel to this show is about America in a lot of ways and that they're telling the story of America in this episode from how America affects the rest of the world. And I think that's really interesting to be telling an, an American story about America from the people who get uh, like brought into America who aren't American. Mm -hmm. Right. That, that I think is really cool, really interesting. And I really do love that the whole episode is about and in the perspective of Jamie Chung's character because first of all, she's a female, she's a foreigner, she's uh, an Asian woman in an American war or a war started by America. Like all these elements that usually those characters are always the like secondary. That sure, It's never yeah. from their perspective. So to, to have all of that happen in this episode was, I thought, so incredible and Re I very much felt like the first time I was seeing a lot of that stuff, which again is why I'm sad I didn't like it more at the end. But anyway, still important stuff. And they pointed out that they made, in this episode, they made Atticus her love interest instead of having her be Atticus's love interest. Right. And mm -hmm. although I don't know if that serves the overall arc, I do think that's a a beautiful and interesting way to watch this and, and not often shown. More interesting than the other Very, way. A lot more interesting and a lot more like giving autonomy to these people who are usually like side characters, right. especially right. again, like a woman and especially a an Asian woman in a war that America started in Korea. Like, yeah. Anyway, all those things. Um, so I wanted to give acknowledgement and appreciation for that, even though we didn't love it. There are some parts we loved. Was this part of it. Alana's thoughts? No, I just wanted to. I mean, you guys have no, feelings was, about this too, right? The theme song. Oh, okay. well, why don't what? you guys have feelings about what they did really well or yeah, interestingly? Yeah, no, I or, think you know, I it's think, not just my thoughts. I think I agree with Brett. It is the best directed episode. So really? Far. Yeah, I feel because like I thought it felt like a film. Directing it felt like a good. When I film. say directing, I'm not yeah. just talking about like the visuals of it. It's it it tonally was right. the best. I thought it, right. I thought it had the most consistent. It was consistent tone from start yeah. to finish. It, it did a lot with um, very small moments. Like they mm. made you really fall in love with these two in a way that yeah. is hard to do in a you single episode of television. Yeah. yeah, and you know what? That yeah. was my favorite scene. The scene where Jamie Chung's character goes into the military camp area. That was mm -hmm. oh, my favorite scene. And I, I just love that i felt throughout that scene that accomplished the getting me to as an audience member to feel the catharsis but like i couldn't believe that they got me to feel so so identify with her and be so scared for her when she's entering the camp like that everybody's treating her as though she's um like a prostitute or something a comfort woman and just the the fear of that in that environment like you could so easily just be like raped and murdered and thrown on the side. Like just the fear of all well, of that. The fact that he, yeah, that he was being like, a woman. Oh, when I'm mm -hmm. done with her, you guys can have, you yeah, can have like, her or whatever. Yeah. I felt all of that so deeply. I felt all of her fear about Atticus. Like, is he really not who I thought he was or what's going on here? I felt all of the levels and every single moment and twist of emotion. And then when it turns into this incredible thing, and then the, it's the second I saw him with a white screen behind him, I was like, oh, he brought her the movie. This is incredible. And just like, 
it, it, I felt every single piece of it and was like so well done. I'm so happy. I just loved how they like took this bleak setting and visual tone <gasps> yes. and juxtaposed it with like 40s show tunes throughout <gasps> and like the whimsy and color of those show tunes and like her being aspirational to this thing. And then they, the, the way they presented her story was so like bleak and desaturated and it's like, so, you know, the opposite of that. I loved the opening scene also. Me too. Just to call Which it one's the opening scene? That's her a, dancing in the movie. Thing. That's oh, where yes. she got up and danced. Ugh, and then it come perfect. back to show like, oh, she didn't really do that. Yeah. I was like, it's me. It's that. me. I was screaming. I loved yeah. it so much. Yeah. I've, I loved a lot of those moments too. And I loved seeing. Um, I love this episode as a movie. Can it just be its own movie? I know. I know. I love I, it. I, I just feel like I, in the grand scheme of the show so far, it's just such a detour to take. But anyway, we can. We kept talking about it but um we, let's let's keep t- keep talking about the good stuff so <laughs> i also liked the perspective of the war from the korean yes. side yes and for seeing what it was like when the american soldiers just came in out of nowhere with their flyers don't worry we're here we're here to, <laughs> we're here to protect you or whatever and um and then seeing the the communism scare in in korea and uh I thought that that's that's something you don't see often in American content in American cinema. And, and you know the 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 series the chronology in that era. I don't know it by detail, but um, Korea was in the middle of a. Oh my gosh, what's it called when a war is uh, the same country against itself? Um, uh, a, a civil war. Civil, civil war. war. They we they were in the middle of a civil war, which I don't know which part is the Japanese part they're in the middle of a civil war and then immediately world war ii is going on and then they have a five-year gap from no war and then the americans come in and do this korean war stuff so they've been like in desperation at war Mm -hmm. basically in their country for like ever for as long as anyone can imagine really and her name is g ah i don't i have to say it written i don't remember it's j i dash a h which i think is g ah yeah probably um I I also liked the scene when she was like, oh yeah, they kept calling her Gia. She was getting to know Atticus, and he was healing, and she um, she didn't understand that um, black people were uh, yes how they were treated in the U.S. Yeah, Mm -hmm. she didn't know that they weren't equal there, Mm -hmm. and um, Mm -hmm. that was a really important moment that I also found really touching and well well done. Um, Yeah. I liked it so fan- so much. I liked, I liked cool that the shit. writer, that whoever wrote this episode, felt the need to call out that when she sings "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas" and "Meet Me in St. Louis," it is one of the most tragic and heartbreaking scenes in any movie from that era. Also, it's the first time that song was ever sung. They wrote that song for that movie. Wow, shit! I don't and know. I love if I've it so much. What movie Ugh, is it? Alana, what are you doing with your life? When we were watching Meet it, and I was St. like, Louis. Steve, I got to see these movies. What was the one that I they love watched in the Meet camp? Me in St. Louis is incredible. Okay. Um, Which was the one they watched in camp? It yeah. was... Um, I can't remember. Man, I'm thinking I, of so I, many moments. It was, up, it was another Judy Garland movie, I thought. There are yeah. so many moments in the story, too, just like how they have so much about like a, a girl-on-girl friendship. Like It seems like it's going to be bullying at first, but they allow it to develop into a friendship, which is like you never see that story, and that happens in real life. 
that's oh I loved that so much I loved watching the story of like a demon person being humanized for lack right, of a better term right. and like mm-hmm. how she's learning how to like fake feeling things from watching the movies and all this and, other stuff and also how Atticus, and becoming a few person who can feel and was also, it easter was it easter parade that they watched or was it easter summer stock? easter parade was earlier when 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 there was a was bunch it summer of stock no uh, i don't think it was i don't think it was i could that? be wrong though hold on um when uh fuck what, what was i saying uh <laughs> shit atticus something uh what were you talking about i was talking about how they had the girl on girl friendship where it starts off seeming like it's going to be bullying and it turns into a friendship and like we never see that in anything and then how she was taking her cues of how to be more human by like the movies and stuff now i remember yeah atticus um how how atticus seemingly committed some pretty atrocious acts and um and and the she, summer stock the summer stock okay so so it was i just didn't remember yeah okay great i just um, pulled it up yeah so i was wondering if they were trying to call into question atticus's um morality for us yeah. the viewer yeah i well, think they, they were by, yeah they're also really like laying into that like war creates wounded people and, and well, I think damaged the- people and um that you know but the whole thing about like i was just doing what i was told is not a good i don't think that he makes that excuse he he said that he, he says said he was it. following orders he says it but i don't think he's saying it in a way that like this justifies everything i did i'm just I saying think, that I like this... follow just following orders is not like a good excuse it's not a good line okay i can hear for okay. right now <laughs> like like we're dealing with a lot of that kind of stuff and we've dealt with a lot of that kind of stuff and um it just seems like if they want us to see all of these characters as gray more gray than black and white exactly then they're really really like dehumanizing atticus especially in the moment when she sees his life and he was like torturing a a korean woman or well was he i felt like he was standing by and he was like sort of because she can feel what they feel I thought he was like you know, ripping out. She talked about the tooth. <laughs> well, I th- I took that to mean like she was saying that he had like empathy for this oh. potentially, you know, like terrorist or problematic person. You know, I don't know because I didn't take she it talked as about that she could. Okay, I, I took it like Steve. Fine, fine, you guys. Listen, listen, guys. listen, I don't need to be ganged up on tonight. Listen, okay? there's no there. You know, it's just that to me, it just feels like. There, these characters are doing these characters do horrible things. In the last episode, we saw Tick's dad um, brutal. I mean, in the episode before that, we saw him bl- brutally murder uh, that woman, mm-hmm. that person. Um, and then, like, we see them have this white, like, wonderful, triumphant life affirming moment of where they belong and and to not yeah. and, and yeah. to be themselves. And so they're truly we showing see Tick's us dad. Well, I- Beating him though, I right? Think. With with a comical whip crack sound, yeah, that was a which little... really took me out of the moment. And two like... of them, not just one, two. <laughs> it was like a, it was like a like a cartoon sound effect. Which That's really, what it sounds like. It really bumped me out. Yeah. 
No, uh, but what I think the whole show is trying to do, the whole <laughs> show in my perspective is about monsters main characters included yeah people can be monsters and mm-hmm. be good people how i think the whole show is asking that question i don't think it's giving us an answer i think it's opening That's the conversation of like how are people monsters when is it okay when is it not okay can you be both a monster and not a monster like every question that goes under that like people and monsters thing i think is what this show is about so I think it's good that we're talking about it, but I don't think that they're trying to excuse anybody in the show. They're just trying to show m- very extreme different sides of the same person, and those can both exist. There was something there was something they said on the podcast where they talked about the same concept, and they said, like, what, what do you think is the solution like to when people, this whole thing of like people can be monsters or they can be good people or whatever, whatever. What's the solution to that? And I, I think it was just the host kind of pondering. But one of them said the solution is finding love. And I think I second that. I'm so about that. And I think that's what this episode is definitely saying that. But that the idea that like people can be all of those things. And at least, yeah, my feeling is through love is when you can be the better part. You can be your best self. You can be a better human with love around. Yeah. And this episode, because it's so fairy tale like, I think ex- is a good example of that too. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of good and a lot of like again. I just think it's like it's a really good show. Oh yeah, and, I, and I'm in love with it, and I'm in it for the long haul, and it's great. I just wish it was tighter. That's it. Yeah, but even in this episode, they mention a bunch of times the whole the like main like phrase that. Uh, belongs to the the friend who gets killed is we have to stop letting mm. their fear like meaning the people who've hurt us their fear shape us let's not stop letting our parents fear shape us or whoever it is who's like had power over you and hurt you and I think that goes along with the whole monster thing like what is it that's shaping you is it you is it the love around you that you're maybe embracing is it that you're actively not embracing love is it the people who hurt you like what is shaping you and creating the monster of you or no Maybe yes. Thoughts? <laughs> yeah, no. Are these I, Alana's thoughts. Uh, these are Alana. I mean, we might thoughts. as well just play it. Let's just play it. So we can get- <laughs> I think all it's of the your perfect th- time. I, I, it's I, a perfect amount of time for a jingle. Like here's that. the thing: there's so much to talk about that's true, with that's these true. with this show, and every episode has no shortage of something to, to like talk about. I really think, and it's and I think conversation if, starters. If anything, it is it is doing that. It is creating a conversation out of like some incredible material and incredible actors and. Um, it it means that there, we could talk endlessly about all the subtext and like you know what this or that means and things like that and I think there's no right or wrong answer. However, you want to interpret a lot of these things, I imagine they're not going to explain every little thing. So, however, you want to interpret a lot of these, um, the the you know the imagery or whatever. I think I I don't think there's wrong answers really, um, with a lot of the subtext and and things like that because I think it's also not that it's not incredibly confusing um when you really like think about what each episode is about and what they're trying to say and the connection with american um 
musicals and things like that. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, there's a lot of really great meaty stuff there for sure. So um, yeah. Anyway, that's all I want cool. to say about that, I guess. Um, hey, Steve. Yes. It's, um, it's, it's kind of a lot of this time. <laughs> Feels like here. Well, I Feels was like there's a lot of Steve's thoughts. <laughs> Listen, I was it's like just, the theme song and everything. I was just saying that I was agreeing with Alana's thoughts and oh. I was underlining them. He's being an ambassador. I'm an ambassador for Alana's <laughs> thoughts. And all of that was an offshoot of Alana's thoughts. So wait, can I feel I, like right. we're still on brand and in theme. <laughs> can I say my <laughs> thoughts though? Yeah, sure. Go because for it. Because Alana's thoughts is just turning into the fashion. Yeah, sure. Go fashion for it. talk. Go for it. Okay, boys and girls, guess how cute the clothes were on this episode. I mean, as a butt. I loved when so she was standing there waiting for him and he told her to go away. Yeah. Which he which... was like, you killed my best friend. Whatever she was wearing then, I was like, I want Alana's opinion. <gasps> yeah. I love this. I'm dead. I, I felt the same it. way about her outfit in the theater in the beginning. She had like a little Every sailor single... outfit on. Every mm-hmm. single I, outfit I really she wore. I really that one, yeah. 100%. Every single outfit she wore. Killed the little me. dress under the coat and her oh, theater date. Are you yes. kidding me? Well, I like the coat as much as the dress, but yeah. Her shoes. Oh my God, we got glimpses. I mean, the shoes where she's a nurse are like cute, but her shoes when she's going on dates and stuff, like. Right. So cute. Yes. So cute. Agreed. Great textures, great fabrics. I love, I don't, I'm assuming it's, it's got, this costume designer has to be doing this on purpose, but she, I just, I'm a big texture person. I'm very kinesthetic. And when I can see good textures in wardrobes, in costuming, in most things, even in like set design and props, it like, it's so satisfying and it makes me so happy and excited and like lit up. And I feel like this costume designer is a textures girl because, you know, they're in Asia and they're in old us they're in all these different places they don't need to be having a variety of textures throughout each person's individual wardrobe but they are and oh my god it's so nice to see yeah agreed um i have a i i just wrote there every single outfit i wrote oh my god that's so great so i don't need to go through each outfit but there's there was a great moment on the podcast for the show the hbo official they had jamie chung on for a minute and they were like asking her you know uh, things and (laughs) she said she mentioned a moment where she went into wardrobe she like shows up on set and she goes into wardrobe and she's like oh it's just a merkin for the next four days (laughs) oh right yeah because you do see a little wardrobe it's just like pubes yeah. Some pubie bottoms. And she specifically noted that her Merkin was delicately hand stitched. <laughs> like each hair nicely placed. She was like crediting how I mean, those were some, nice it was. <laughs> those were some juicy sex scenes. There's so much Merk in this. It was like straight up like porn at one point. Merk load, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm like, whoa, that's I watched that's it in some... the living room of my parents' house. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I hope everyone's asleep. Like, there was, like, maybe the most realistic, like, insertion moment I've ever seen in a cable TV yeah, show. Yeah, truly. Very realistic. It felt like at any minute I was just going to see Dong and Bajish. Yeah. You know, that uh, up in smoke. <laughs> I'm aware. Oh. <laughs> I've, I've heard of a Dong and a Bajish. Dong and Bajish. <laughs> 
Like um, a delicately hand stitched merkin is. Yeah, I like the I like a show that makes you um, that gives you a little a little something spicy and then makes you regret uh, being interested gone. in it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. exactly what it did. I, like I respect that. Um, real quick side note. Okay, I meant to say this at the top and forgot. Did you guys see that Watchmen won best? limited series and regina king won best actress no oh shit i did hear people talking about i didn't know where else to put that in the show but that was pretty fucking exciting perfect timing i think you did great brad so I, th I thought i'd throw it in alana's notes because apparently anyone can have notes <laughs> just, you know yeah yeah well it's what it's i wrote down we're, we have seniority we can add our notes at any point okay, i like cool. you look like you're in a windstorm a little bit steve <laughs> blowing that way credit to my haircut on <laughs> yeah, you thank you Ooh, i tried your hands wouldn't have nothing to cluck about if you had some cockadoodle doos pecked in your own coops <laughs> <laughs> Best line. Oh, um, let's oh, get shoot. into clips. We didn't let's take get any into clips. Get into our one clip. Well, Brett oh, got no. a clip. All right, Alana, thank you for your thoughts. Oh, I'm so happy to have been able to watch them. It's clips time. <laughs> what the fuck, Jill? What the fuck, Tom? Clips? Yes. Clips. Jackpots. Clips, clips. Jackpots. So I mean, are you gonna choke me or what? Oh shit! We got a player here. Y'all hands wouldn't have nothing to cluck about if you had some cockadoodle doos pecked in your own coops. All right, this is the clip. <laughs> Brett got a clip. Here it One is. One clip. One clip. Was she I saying that out. because she lived that moment and was saying it yeah. out because she was living that moment from yeah. his life? Yeah. Wow. This is so great. <laughs> yeah. I also loved that guy was from Heroes. Yeah. Oh. That was Heroes. I did not friend. watch Heroes. Much oh. more ripped mm. and older looking. A little older, yeah. Not bad older, just like. He, lo he looks like he had a different energy, like totally different person looking older. That's a great clip, Brett. Nice work, buddy. Thank you. It was hard to pull clips in this episode. It, I completely forgot clips were a thing. Maybe some people forgot. have sent in clips. Who knows? We'll find out. But Sentient with clips. With that, you guys want to get into some emails? Hi. Emails. Brett, does that sound Time great? Time emails. Yeah, took your top. Look who's here. Fuck your daughter. <laughs> well, that's nice. Oh, shit! Billy Ray! Officer Mustard Stin. Time for some emails. <laughs> Y'all hands wouldn't have nothing to clock about if you had some cockadoodle doos pecked in your own coops. <laughs> I just want that to be the clip forever. Me too. That's that's <laughs> the new jackpot clip. Y'all hands wouldn't have nothing to talk about without them cockadoo. Trying to get my hair windblown to the other. Yeah, direction. do it, Brett. I'm working on it. My hair is not being cooperative right now. 
Um, get there. All right, let's, we'll let's get to these emails. <laughs> Young Wolfo sends an email saying, Ruby, Steve, I love you and all, but you thinking that Ruby raping the guy was unjust, unnecessary. Early in the episode, a black boy gets bumped by Ruby and her and her while disguises, and the police are ready to crack Skull, even asking if he raped her, and still insisting that he did something. Oh, and are we forgetting the guy called the girl a dirty... Ooh, I don't like that word. And was trying to rape her? Well, yeah, I mean, like, there's a lot of terrible shit happening in this show, but I don't think terrible shit deserves terrible shit. It's more like what it says about the character, I think, was our discussion. Yeah. Like, does it make Ruby into, like, we don't want her to be a bad person, you know? But I still think the show's about monsters. Everybody's a monster in some way. I guess it's just that, like, when it comes to... Monster. <laughs> Oh, you know what I forgot to do in the last episode? Remember where there was a trigger warning? It oh, just it no. stayed yeah. in the episode, but it didn't go to the beginning. I forgot to do that. Oh well, sorry about that. I'm sorry. Okay. I listened to the episode and I was like, yeah, he forgot. Oh no. <laughs> sorry I about complete, that. I also forgot that we uh, it was a thing to do. But we what, I did like that you called out. Down. Well, people get to see how the show is made. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like they literally do. They literally <laughs> yeah, yes, they it. do. Um, but oh, I just, God. you know, when it comes to like the subject of rape in like films and television, it's always like, you know, even Game of Thrones like went too far with the rape stuff, and um, mm -hmm. and I felt like they were using it as a way to like really shock, shock value, you. and. Um, take out pain on on in in utilizing that particular form of abuse and i just think that we have not dealt with that properly in pop culture yet and That's... we have not dealt with that properly in a lot of ways yet as to make people comfortable about even talking about it and until we've figured out how to like respect people and the imagery that we just kind of wantonly show on television. I just think things like that should, should be reserved for a teaching tool or maybe a healing tool rather than for pure shock value or to show someone getting what they deserve in a, in a television show, which should be seen as a, uh, something else. Valid. Yeah. That's where I'm at with all that. Anyway, <laughs> yes, racists deserve some hell for sure, and especially abusive racists. But I think there's ways to deal with that. Like if a monster eats them, that's okay. That's the rest of the email? No, no, I'm, j I'm saying that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Tyler L <laughs> Lifford. Tyler Lifford sends an email saying, Canada boy... Tyler Lifford here. Love you folks very much. Been watching for a long time. Before I start, one of my favorite episodes of the first time show is the Meemaw classic Popeye. Oh, no. As, as a direct result, Popeye and its soundtrack 
is a running gag with my friends. Basically, the setup is I'll go to the bathroom and from the bathroom play Shelly Duvall's all-time hit, He's Large, as fucking loud as possible on the Bluetooth speaker. Gets him every time. That's a great one. I'll give you a honk yeah, for that. <laughs> Love it. He's large! He's Dude, large! I watched, a, uh, I watched a little documentary video or whatever you want to call these YouTube videos. A deep dive? Um, it's a documentary. <gasps> oh, and, um, that's on that list you sent me. Yeah. Let's watch yeah, it, boy. I didn't, I, in that, they talk about Robin Williams was hesitant to do Peter Pan because he had just done Popeye and it went so poorly. That he didn't want to mess Damn. up another like classic character. Wow, what an interesting. I mean, at that point, it's like you can't even say like, but it's Spielberg because it's like you could say it was fucking Robert Altman. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, Popeye was what a terrible. decision. I'd hate to be because in those meetings. I guess Hook was supposed to happen like way earlier. Yeah, and it was supposed to be a musical. Earlier. Yeah. Spielberg says he wishes he had, had he had like kept the confidence to make it a musical. Man. He's like it should have been a Whoa. musical. Well, he's about to do West Side Story, or he already did it, or whatever. Okay, on to the episode. Stellar costuming in this one. Yeah. Felt like there was an extra focus on it, naturally with us shifting locations. Yeah. Shouts out, Alana. Yeah. What an amazing <laughs> character study. Really felt like a short film in action. Love seeing Atticus the romantic. Was nice to see him in that view, with us mostly having a hardened version of him until now. This one felt like more of a grounding episode, despite all the spookiness taking place. It really let us take a breath and learn some more about Atticus and round out the world slash, slash magic world a little more. Excited to see what comes next. Also, as a suggestion for... And, th and that kind of bothered me too, the fact that mm. like magic in this world seems to be like kind of everywhere and um not isolated to this like group and if there was i think that if they were gonna bring it outside of this like group and this like these these cult people and the, mm. the way they're utilizing magic and then used like outs like the outside world outside of the u.s outside of whatever also having magic as kind of like a reveal would have been cooler maybe but i don't know whatever well That's they've already talked about white like white people magic and african magic yeah and so i feel like it made sense to be like oh yeah we're talking about ancestry and these like and it's just ancient, real in this story ancient world, cultural yeah. things yeah i think it's it's all intertwined with that personally but also like ruby was like magic is real what did like, we she say was really to make brett laugh so hard what's going on what happened brett I uh, <laughs> share it with the you class. You said West Side Story, and then I just started playing the song tonight from West Side Story <laughs> in my headphones, and it really crescendoed at a really funny moment. <laughs> All right. I was like, I have to hear it, or um, it's gonna be stuck in my well, head. Well, I'm glad you I did. I love Brett. West Side Story um, so much. Anyway, uh, also as a suggestion for possible next show. Oh. There are hella episodes, but I'd love to see Mad Men be the next oh, first gosh. time watch, as it's one of my favorites. John Hamm is a great replacement for Justin Thoreau's peen eye. That's true. I mean depth, depth as an actor. <laughs> eh, love y'all. Much love from the Maritimes, Tyler. Wait, who is this? Tyler? Tyler Lifford. Whoever, th this is the same person who just mentioned the costuming? 
Yes. This person is the most aligned with me. Tyler, let me ah, tell you. Alignment. <laughs> let me like tell you. Are I you mean, a mad are you a mad man? I'm I'm not particularly a madman obsessed, but if we were to talk about it, like those costumes, I love era shit. And he's yeah. true, there are hot boys aplenty. Ooh, baby. My thing is, is like, it's, I don't, it's too long. That would take a year. I also don't know yeah. if I want to do a show. I've also given up on it twice. So I, I it twice. I fully yeah, I never gave finished. I never finished after 1960. I think um, like 61, 62. I, I didn't see it. I much prefer yeah. a show or at least deep diving into a show that has like supernatural elements or sci-fi mm-hmm. elements. At least there's more. I don't know. There's more depth. Yeah. Johnny Depth. Johnny Depth. Kanan Mackey or Canon. Wow, get it straight, Steve. I don't know. It's either or. It's like it starts with a K. Didn't Hello? you say Kanan or is that someone else? I don't know. I could have. <laughs> That's a wrap. That sounds like something I'd say. Hello, everyone. Going to keep this pretty short. I just had one thing to say. I'm not really one to kink shame, but I think we can all agree that Korean tentacle porn is way weirder than Japanese tentacle porn. Thanks for your time, Canon. Can Canon. Hashtag Kumiho yes. Hashtag Judy Garland maybe. <laughs> By the way, yeah. that audio that played during that scene when they're arriving at the shaman's place. Oh yeah, um, what was it? It was Judy Garland. It was an interview with Judy Garland. <gasps> no way. Yeah. I was wondering. Yeah, me too. That's great that you said that. Yeah. Daniel uh-huh. the Echo Spider sends an email saying, not my glasses. Hi there, all. Another great episode. Lots of sexy time. Also a cameo by Hero's friend from Heroes, played by James Kyson. Amen. The moment where she lost access to her movie theater really got me since I love the movies and I haven't been able to go in months. Oh. Same here. Same. Dude, there's a drive-in theater like 30 minutes from us. Oh, you got to go all the and time. It's got like four screens and one of them <gasps> was like, we're going to be playing E.T. And then on the other screen, we're going to be playing Tenet. <gasps> what the <gasps> fuck? Um, Dude. And Jamie was like, let's go see E.T. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I think E.T. is the move there. Yeah, but you got to see Tenet way. also. Wait, so have you been to a drive-in yet, Brett? We talked about I talked to Brett I'm about this. I'm from Florida. Yeah. Alana. Is that, I I'm don't know. What, Central Florida. Does that mean Yes. We do drive-ins in Central Florida. Oh, because I had a debate with my friend over if you have a big TV, is it better to go to a drive-in or just to watch it at home? Because so here's the thing: it's dependent, it's not, right? It's man. It, when I was a teenager, there was nothing better on this planet than rolling into a drive-in with a, a girl you had a crush on, Duh. or f- a car full of friends, and just not having to worry about just talking shit and having fun mm-hmm. and you're on your own little space seeing a movie. So there is like a nostalgia element to it for me. Yeah. So I would be hard pressed to give a like um, I, an answer that's like non-biased. That well, that, I think that I think sounds like good reasons to go. If you can have a car full of friends or if you can have like a romantic moment. I think there's a difference between also people who are bothered by people talking and and distracting you during a movie and people who cannot handle a distraction whatsoever. 
Huh? I think, and I think the difference. I feel like I'm both of those people. I think the difference. Depending on the movie. Oh, really? That's interesting. What a wild card. I can also be both of those people. I, Dude, if it's a I movie I worked on, be you both, better shut the fuck up. I can only be. I can only be okay with talking through a movie if no one who's watching it, if if everyone's seen it, and it's not ruining an experience for someone who's never seen it. Yeah. And if um, yeah, I guess that's it. If everybody's seen it. And and it's no one's first time. Then have a great time, and that's what that's my final thing about the 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 the, the drive-in. Wait, how is that a thing you about the drive-in? You're because, talking about because seeing the dri- movies with friends. There's nothing to do. It could no, be no, at no, your no. home or a drive-in. Well, because the drive-in is a distracting experience. It's like car brake lights blinking and like loud sounds outside your car. And well, like, that's not what I would say is the problem with drive-ins. That's interesting. I'm not saying that's the problem with it. I'm just saying that's oh. one of one of the problems with it. Like for me, it's like if you're playing a movie I've seen a million times, let's fucking go to the drive-in. That's a fun time. Yeah, I think drive-ins let's, are for movies you've already yes. seen or for like very much comedies or very much like absurdly rom-coms. I don't think it's for movies that are like very serious and it should be for horror mm. movies, but if the horror movie is mm. very dark like visually, literally like most are in the 21st century, it might be rough. Yeah. Cuz you can't you really can't see details and stuff don't at those. Ridiculous. Yeah. I like well, uh we used to do at my old house, we had a big house and we'd have as many people as we could in the house every Tuesday we'd have horror movie Tuesday Ooh, it was a that's double fun. feature and we ran it through September and October and you would just bullshit through the, both it. movies this was like years and years and years ago this is when <laughs> I I still had like four roommates um and uh but it was like people had never seen chopping I did like a chopping mall and um deathbed double feature no no one had seen either of them and we just talked through them, and it was a wonderful experience. Yeah, see, I'd be bo- I'd be bothered shit. by that. I think, <laughs> especially if I was like you, you guys your deathbed. Especially if you guys, if it was like you guys have to see this. Yeah, like if I you guess. have to listen. If somebody says that, you know what that yes, means. Yes, exactly. Um, we watched we watched Shopping Mall and Deathbed. Everybody started leaving. And as everyone was leaving the door, Chris McCaleb came walking up with a with a six pack of beer under each arm. And he's Holy like, Did shit. I miss it? And oh, I was like, no. We can watch Deathbed again. Chris McCaleb's gonna come into the last episode. He's of gonna this do show the same like thing on this show. <laughs> Have two six packs and walk right um, in. Dude, we could do horror movie Tuesdays via Zoom or P- the PlayStation dude, Network. It. Let's do it. All right, if it's possible. All right, let's finish Daniel's email. Let's finish the rest of the emails. Okay. Um, question. Does the creature inhabiting her body cause her to just blurt out spoilers because rude? Huh? Because oh, she spoiled the die. Count of yeah, Monte yeah. Cristo. No, it's because he. she says he's going to die, I thought. No, she spoiled the Count of Monte Cristo. Oh, Because okay. he was like, can you read the end of the book yeah. to me? I'm almost done. And then no, she just I spoils the, the whole scene. End I remember it. the scene. I'm not just arguing about it. Well, no, I'm just doing it for to. the audience, too, in case they weren't oh. sure what, what we were talking about. <laughs> We're on a podcast, Alana. Did you know that? Nope. Israel Chavez Lopez <laughs> sends us an email. I don't give a fuck, Becca DeGlue. And he says, this email is kind of long, but please read it. There's juicy stuff. <gasps> Merkin. Hello, BB boys and summer girl. Ecuadorian boy Israel here. This episode might be my favorite of the series. There are so many different themes, and all of them are incredibly well-developed. 
I find True. it so interesting that as a Hispanic man, I can relate 100% with G.A. I grew up as a solitary kid finding refuge on American culture, thinking they are what I have to aspire to be, just to slowly find out that just as everything else in the world, they are neither heroes or villains, but an entire spectrum in the middle. Here in Ecuador, we consume a lot of American culture. Every cartoon I watched as a kid, every movie I watched as a teen, every game I've played, to the point that I know more about the stuff from the U.S. than my own country. Due to this abundance of U.S. media, most people see the U.S. military as the biggest heroes in the world. But then when you do your research, you realize that they also made some sketchy stuff. Even here in my own country, they have a Navy base. They helped a lot by giving humanitarian aid and reducing the crime on the area. But at the same time, we heard horrible stories from rape in rural communities to influence on the country's government. I hope I didn't get any of you mad with this. I love the U.S. Oh, please, man. We Dude, agree. We're upset at the U.S. We right agree now, 100% so. with what you're saying. You have always been an example for us, especially people like you guys. Oh, that's very mm. sweet. But I like that this show sheds some light on the untold side of American history, the ugly stuff, because this helps us more critical, be more critical about the past in order to not make the same mistakes in the future. Love you guys. Sorry for the long email. Please be safe and keep wearing that mask. Amen. That was a worth it email. Yes. I'm very happy. Well said, we my friend. We completely agree. Um, and it's such a weird thing. This the concept he brought up, the like reality of that. Does yeah. that blow anyone else's mind constantly? I'm constantly being blown by that. <laughs> what you mean that like all movies from the U.S. that feature the military is about how no, great they are? Well, not specifically that. Shit? No, I'm just always being mind blown by how American, uh, like. Uh, media culture has infiltrated so many places around the world and is so dominant. Right, right, And right. in America, we don't have much of another country's media that's dominant here. Like, no. Netflix just started putting like... some, like, in this past, like, three years, they started putting Korean dramas on and started putting some well, Bollywood movies on. And yeah. it, I'm like, whoa, and we get to access these now? It's only, like... 2016 until they started actually allowing them on a public platform in the u.s like accessible well yeah and parasite won best picture at the oscars like we're starting to be uh, slowly more uh exposed to other countries mm -hmm. other cultures art sure in, but the in more shock way yeah but the shocking part about it is how exposed other countries are yeah regardless of how exposed we are i mean it says a lot about us well it's because of the hollywood stuck, machine pumping out movies and cinema and all that stuff for yeah. cinema toast crunch there's just it's just a machine that pumps yeah. up. that's their industry you know when i was uh, it strikes me especially because i'm no i'm telling another story but cinema whatever man cinema man <laughs> because when i was a cinema man when i was <laughs> uh little i my i my dad lived in thailand when i grew up and i would go spend summers there and stuff but i remember when i was you know three years old five years old ten years old spending summers there and he would be being a classic dad and just being busy doing his shit. And I would just be being raised by the TV. You know, that whole concept where like a kid's at home watching TV the whole time. That was me when I was in Thailand a lot of the time. And I was watching American television the whole time. It just was mostly in Thai, but I was watching like my favorite shows like land before time. And the cereals I was eating were like lucky uh, charms and shit. 
Well, no, I like Rice Krispies. Honey Nut Cheerios. <laughs> but the Crispy Boys were there. And so, like, it was so... Snapcracker Prayer. The Crispy Brothers. Snapcracker Prayer. The Crispy Boys. Ooh, that's a good deep dive. Into, that is into a good snap, deep crackle, dive. Pop. Anyway, mm. just like that, you would you don't have that experience anywhere else. Even though, like, Bollywood is a huge uh, media industry, you don't have that experience in places like Thailand. You just have the American one. Like, it is so unique and weird yeah it always boggles my mind yeah no i mean i again i think we pump out a lot of content here and it's like the hub of of uh content hub but like also media kind of controls the world so sure final email here (laughs) good time for the music uh, to stop (laughs) the final email comes from roberto abril And he says, hello, hello, boys, girl, and guest. Oops. We shed hello. tears. <laughs> Chris McCaleb, if you could just respond to this man. Any second now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was glad to hear that you guys liked at least one of the clips I sent last week, the cockadoodle doo clip. Yay! I was going to get some more clips, but after watching the first 15 minutes of this episode, I realized that most of the dialogue was probably going to be in Korean, so why bother? I can't wait to see if you guys were able to find any clips for the episode. I did, however, manage to get a clip from the first few minutes, and I hope y'all find it as amusing as I did. See attached. Clips aside, this was probably my favorite episode of the season so far. I was glued to have the mystery of the Korean woman calling Tick unsolved, and I hope we get to see more of Gia before the season ends. I also, I guess that explains why we see Gia as a red alien in the opening sequence of episode one. Oh yeah, because of the <gasps> communist, yeah. yeah. Foreshadowing to her ending up covered in blood after making 99 men come, AKA my favorite song by Nana. Yeah, that's good, good one. What? I don't get 99 it. 99 Red Balloons, you know that song? Oh, I don't know who made it. Oh. Oh, Do you based- guys feel weird being on the wrong side of history about this episode? Or- <laughs> <laughs> I feel kind of like you did at the end of Leftovers. Um, based on the preview, I'm hyped for the next episode. P.S. Was I the only one that was getting strong lesbian vibes from Gia and her friend? I honestly thought they were having a secret affair, and that was why her family lost respect. I'm going to be honest. I think you were the only one. Yeah, I didn't get that. I mean, the only one amongst us anyway. For all we know. Mm. Maybe. Yes. All right. You guys ready for this clip? Yeah. All right. Yes. It's called Yahoo. Is oh, it maybe I had the it one half we got right. Already? It's the one I got. Ooh. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> what are you playing? That's the music we play. <laughs> oh, it's not working, I guess. That's all- oh. Yeah, it's not working. Well, is it the same clip? It might be. Let's well, just play our clip. Let's play it. <laughs> I think I still I still like the first episode better than any of them so far. The first is the best still for me. The first really like is like fuck, we're in for a ride. I don't yeah. know, whatever. Um, I really like the last episode. Yeah. But I'd have to rewatch the first one. Yeah, yeah. Um 
Like well, I said, this would be great as a feature. I am. I'm I think it. so too. Mm-hmm. And I always love a good short film in anything. Like Lost ha- or Leftovers had a lot of good, really short. A lot of good short. Can film-esque you get? Can you spit it out this time? <laughs> in the in the series, and uh, I. But I just feel like it's best when they like work really well thematically, or like when they work really well to integrate into the the main storyline. And I just feel like. I wanted I wanted it to be tighter. But um, you know, I I will revisit this episode once the whole season is done, especially if we get more um of these kind of side story situations, but I really just yeah. want to see what's going on with Tick and Letty and all those characters. I'm just excited to get back to those kids and see what's up with Hippolyta in the next episode. Um All right, well anyway, closing thoughts anybody? Um. Uh, yeah, I guess we're committing to Hippolyta. <laughs> well, she did say it. Yeah. yeah. Uh. So that's good. I'm glad we got that settled. Yeah, it's settled. Alana. I really like this episode as a standalone. I wish I had a little bit more emotional absorb in, in its presence in the series, and that's about all. And I love you. And give me more good costumes, please. Love you. Bye. Um. All right, well, I'm very stoked for the next episode, so please join us next time on the show. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel where we put the video version of the show up, youtube.com slash thevalleycast. And um, I guess that's it. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We tweet things sometimes. And follow uh, Alana and Brett if you want. There's good stuff there, too. And uh, that's it. I tweeted. I tweeted something. Brett tweeted something, guys. This week. Brett, you. Yeah, I you, told people I'd tweet. I tweeted something. You look today, oh, tonight, shit. like you're in a boy band. <laughs> and I think it's a little I'm bit because on, of. I, I got to rep the little, little bit of Lakers. <laughs> Did you guys see that buzzer beater three pointer uh, to win I, the game by I, Anthony nope, Davis? I nope, couldn't believe nope. it. Couldn't, didn't see I any saved of that. it to the end of the podcast. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe when Johnson took a three-pointer right on the floor. Um, (laughs) All right. Thank you guys for watching, listening, what have you. We'll catch you next time on the First Time Show. Bye-bye.